on the U Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going great. Going great. I'm getting used to this uh, isolation thing. How about you? Uh, yeah, I guess getting used to it is a good way to put it. Um, still, like, missing sports. It was really nice to have the Michael Jordan documentary last night, because it was, like, for... It was, just, you know, that's what you miss about sports, right? And I'm sure the NFL draft will be similar, where it's like you check Twitter and everyone is tweeting about the same things, or, or you know, it just feels like something new is happening. Like even these, like, like even when I, the SNL they did a couple weeks ago, like that was a fun. Even though I don't watch SNL all the time, like I made sure to tune in for that because it kind of felt like something new was finally happening, not coronavirus related. So I, I, I think the NFL draft is going to be fun in that way. Yeah, sad. Well, well, Saturday will be our busy day, and that's the one that starts at noon. So uh, it's a little better uh, for us. Uh, so, because that's what we're going to talk about mostly today is the NFL draft. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Um, I'm sure, if you're checking the Herald Sports feed this week, it's all draft content for you. Um, you know, Dolphins will be up. They'll have a Dolphin-centric preview one day this week. I know Cody talked to uh, I think Cameron Wolf. From ESPN on, on his podcast this week. So a lot of draft content we want to cover from the Miami Hurricanes angle. Um, really eight guys are in the mix to get drafted for Miami. You got running back DJ Dallas, wide receiver Jeff Thomas, uh, defensive end Jonathan Garvin, defensive end Trayvon Hill, linebacker Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker Michael Pinckney, cornerback Trajan Bandy, and uh, wide receiver K.J. Osborne, a couple other, you know, Romeo Finley is like a guy who might get a shot at an NFL team, maybe Pat Bethel. But, but for the most part, those are the eight guys that have a shot at being drafted, um, and it looks like might all get drafted. I, you know, I, I haven't, obviously the mocks are all different. It's really hard to project those late rounds because everyone, every team has their different preferences, and you never know who's going to fall a little bit further, and that could always knock a guy out. Uh, who maybe thought he was going to be a seventh-round pick to being undrafted. Um, but Mel Kuyper a couple of weeks ago pretty much said he thinks all eight of those guys are going to get drafted. Um, it's hard for, for stock to be changing a lot these days, so I think it's fair to to think that there's a pretty good chance that, that Miami is going to get eight guys picked. And I guess the big question is, eight guys sounds great on paper. You say eight guys are going to get drafted. But if they're all in the last day, and, and that's kind of the projection right now, maybe Jonathan Garvin or someone can sneak into the third round. But for the most part, everyone is projected to go on that last day, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. If they get all eight guys picked, but they're all in that last day, do you view this as a successful draft for Miami? Well, I do because, I I mean, we're, we're talking about reality, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not talking about – you know, if you asked me this question before the season last year, mm-hmm. then I would have said no. You know, I would have said no, it's not yeah. successful or whatever. But uh, we know that they finished six and seven last year. And, um, you know, we, we know the situation. And I so given that, I think if all eight can go to teams, um, that would be you know, that would be good. Obviously, the suit, you know, that last day is four, five, six, and seven. There's, there's, a, the, there's a big difference between the fourth round and the seventh That's round. That's a good point, to too. Yeah, I agree with that. Even, even the fifth round, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
um, you know, the, the sooner they can go, the better. And I'm not, you know, I think they will get some early on that last day. Uh, there's even some some slight, slight speculation that somebody could go, let's say, one person maybe on the third, on the, yeah. excuse me, Friday, the second day of the draft, which is rounds two and three. No, no way, round two, possibly the end of round three. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's such a wacky thing, and I agree with what you say about the last day and the dominoes falling, and it just depends on what positions, you know? Yeah, yeah. what positions become how, the priority for the draft, basically. Like, and, like yeah, if, how, if there's no – if no linebackers get picked in the second or third round, like it's bad for Shaq and Pinckney just because, like, they, they push get pushed a little bit further down the uh, chain of priorities. It's like wide receivers. Yeah, or wide receivers. JJ, yep. There are a lot of pick wide receivers, you know? So the more that get drafted earlier, the better for KJ, for example. Yeah, I, I think you kind of have it right that, like, considering what happened, just getting eight guys selected is pretty impressive because, you know, Miami, you know, anytime I, this, this year, every time around this, every year around this time, you pretty much, you know, maybe the Miami football account or we'll tweet it out or ESPN will tweet it out like most players drafted since 2000 or whatever. And Miami is always like right up near the top of that list. And that stuff is important for recruiting. It really is. Um, you know, obviously you want to be able to sell guys on like the recent, like you're obviously in better shape if you have three first round picks like Alabama or what, or Clemson like are going to have potentially. But, um, but just being able to say, you know, doesn't matter. You know, we have the, the track record, like, People see you play Miami, and they know that means you are good enough to play in the NFL. Um, no matter you know, no matter where you go in the draft, that stuff matters. Um, so I think like kind of like long term, obviously like anytime you can say you add eight more guys to that list of however many guys it is since 2000, like that it works just kind of as the the big picture. But I don't necessarily think if I'm a Miami fan, and I don't know how many picks. Florida is projected to have, for example, but right. like let's say they have six and Miami has eight, but Florida has a first round pick in CJ Henderson and yeah, third round, two third round picks in Jabari Zaniga and Jonathan Grenard. Like, I don't think Miami fans are going to be in a position where they should be uh, talking trash about how they had more guys picked than Florida. No, nobody's. I don't. Who's nobody's going to be mean, talking trash? No, I, that, I, I'm just using that as an example of like. I would think yeah, I would consider. I, I don't think they are. I mean, no, no, no. Miami fans are going to be the hardest on, hardest the team, on themselves think, yeah. on their own team. But, but David, I think, um, I, I like you said, I do think that the sheer number of guys is very impressive. We'll have to see what happens. But in the last several years, I mean, you really don't. You know, 2013, there were only two guys taken. You know, 2014, yeah. only three guys. But normally, there's five, six seven guys taken, a lot of guys. And the thing about Miami players is I think that, like, uh, the GMs or the coaches or whomever, they um, they know that the, the Miami guys also make teams a lot. They make yeah. the, you know, they, they end up, you know, like the late-round guys, the guys, some of them that are undrafted, they end up making teams. So um, I think they know that there's something about the Miami guys. I there has been until now. Yeah. I will say last year, I'm just, I just pulled this up because I was curious. Uh, Alabama had the most picks last year with 10. Ohio State was next with nine. And then Oklahoma and Washington both had eight. So, like, eight is a, that's a right. big number. Like, that is that is worth 
celebrating, um, even if it's all third day picks. Um, you know, ideally you'd like yep. to get a couple of those guys in the fourth round or whatever, because like you said, I think the fourth yep. and the seventh round are a lot different. Um, but you know, that's especially considering uh, what you would maybe expect the six and seven team to have. Uh, eight is obviously impressive. And, and it, like I said, I think the biggest thing is it just adds eight more to those graphics you can put out from a recruiting standpoint. Um, and then also, like, you know, one of the things, Miami obviously is, like, supposed to be the school that has pro bowlers playing in the NFL, right? Like, you know, we obviously have had the tight ends for the last, you know, J- Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, guys who are kind of, like, past their prime now. Calais Campbell's, like, kind of on the – probably on the, on the downward end of his career, even though he's still very good. Um, obviously, you, you need some of these guys to, to stick in the NFL is the biggest thing, but we can't judge that on um, draft night. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, I agree got a list of uh, superlatives. I figured that was what we could take up the bulk of the episode doing. Um, I've got six questions written down here. Um, like I said, there's eight guys projected to potentially get picked, um, plus you know a few others. I guess we'll, we'll, I'll run through those names one more time. Um, we have running back DJ Dallas, wide receivers Jeff Thomas, KJ Osborne, defensive ends Trayvon Hill, Jonathan Garvin, linebackers Michael Pinckney, Shaquille Quarterman, Cornerback Trajan Bandy. So from those eight plus, if you want to count Romeo Finley or Pat Bethel for any of these questions, you can too. Um, they'll be more applicable to others, to, to some more than others. I've got six picks. We're gonna kind of pick from this list. Obviously, you can you can pick a guy from multiple categories. Basically, who will fill these goals? I guess we'll start with the easiest one. Who goes first? Who from that list do you think is the first Miami player taken on draft day? I think, and now I'm definitely not a draft expert as far as, like, you know, as far as the other college teams in the NFL yeah. and how many, you know what I mean, positions yep. Yep. have really players. So I'm going to preface it saying that, okay? But I think that, uh, geez. <laughs> I think maybe John Garvin is the guy that gets picked first, defensive end. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I think. Um, I know that you know he was a junior. He was one of the four guys that went out early. Um, he's, you know, he's he's got the he's got the physical uh, stuff going for him. Six four, two sixty three pounds. 
He ran the eighth fastest 40-yard dash in the combine of 38 players um, listed as D D linemen or edge rushers. And um, I think he's he's really good. Um, And he just had a a little bit, yeah, of a disappointing season this year because he had such a good year in 2018. And a very impressive freshman year. Like, he'd been really good since the day he stepped on campus, pretty much. Very good. Yeah, long and, you know, just uh, fun to watch him play. But this past year, he was definitely overshadowed by Greg Rousseau. And, um, you know, I mean, to go from, you know, 60 tackles his sophomore year to 37 tackles, that's, that's a big difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And for 17 tackles for a loss in 2018 to nine, I mean, nine is still good, but and he did have five sacks. But I think he's a talent. Um, and, I, you know, I've seen stuff written about him that he's kind of a um, – I don't know if underachiever is the right word, but he's kind of, I, I use the word chill. Yeah. Okay. A, me- a mellow, it's funny because he's, you know, a guy that tries to attack the quarterback, but he's kind of a mellow personality kid. And I don't know, um, some some analysts thought that maybe he, he should have done better or worked harder or been more, I don't know, just uh just didn't live up to his potential kind of thing. But I I think – and I, I think DJ Dallas, by the way, is really good. I just think um, – and so are some of the other guys. I just think – I'm not – and DJ says he's 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. But it does – the elbow thing does worry you a little bit. I don't know how you think about that. Yeah, so you – know, that, that it could happen again. So Garvin is definitely the guy that, like, is most likely to go in – the second day, I think, right? Like, I'd be pretty shocked if anyone else did, be, just because, like, you know, Shaq is – Shaq looks like a guy who could be a really good, like, two-down linebacker. He doesn't – you know, he's, he's a little slow, um, you know, a little undersized, but, you know, just really good instincts, a guy who's going to be a good run stopper, two-down guy. Pinkney, again, really good. Uh, you know, has like the athletic traits you look for, a little undersized, and you mentioned the injury. Um, Jeff Thomas, probably the most talented guy of the bunch, has his off-the-field issues. Um, he's a guy we'll talk probably a little bit more about later. Um, just too many flaws there. Garvin's a guy that like you look at him and you're like, if everything hits right with him, and we think there's a chance everything hits right with him, he could be a starting defensive end, an every-down defensive end. Um, and I don't know if you can say that about anyone else from this Miami draft class like there's guys who have a higher ceiling like like Jeff Thomas but the flaws are are so concerning and then there are guys who maybe are a little bit safer of picks like like Shaq or Pinkney but um their ceiling's just not as high so I think Garvin is the guy who fits that mold as um the guy who could sneak into um the second day of the draft and that's why I think he's the safest bet to go number one, or number one from this group also. Of course, it kind of does feel a little similar to Joe Jackson, where we kind of all thought Joe Jackson was in that spot last year, and then I think he wound up being the third guy picked. Yeah, um, kind of similar. Yeah. I, yeah, I love Joe Jackson. I I don't know. I The thing is, I don't remember, I don't think Garvin was injured, right? Do you ever, do you remember any injuries? No, nothing we Garvin? knew about, at least. What was that? Nothing we knew about, at least. 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. But um, so that's that's important, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think let me see. Yeah, Joe Jackson. Yep, went in the fifth round. I was. I think really he was the third guy picked from Miami, uh, which was surprising. Yeah. I thought that was interesting too. So yeah, I anyway, I'm agreeing with you on that on yeah. the uh, Garvin. Yeah. Who, if not Garvin, who's kind of like your number two there? Who, who's if if we have a Joe Jackson situation, who could be the the Sheldrick Red Wine? Is the guy who ends up going first? Um, I think. Um. Maybe, After that, it's kind of tough, right? It's like everyone feels like they're in that same plane. DJ Dallas? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Maybe Shaq? Yeah, I kind of think Shaq is, because I just think he's kind of like the safe pick, right? He's the guy who's like, you know Shaq's going to be good, right? Like, you know he's going to, yeah. there's there's so much what? to like about him. Even if there's Shaq like, is- even if his ceiling's that high, it's like, you know, he's going to show up and work hard and he's smart and he's got skills. Actually, you're like, right. Because and also, yeah, he's going to be great for any team. He's yeah. going to be so great for any team. Such a great representative. So is DJ's going to be a great representative too, but I, I, I would tend to say yes on that one on Shaq. Uh-huh. Uh, All right, uh, you want to move to the next one, or you got you got anything else? No, go go for it. Next one is just uh, who's in most jeopardy of going undrafted. Uh, and I guess well, we'll we'll put a number. Do you think all eight are going to get drafted? And if you don't, how many do you think are going to get drafted? I think. Well, Just I for, let's, couple, first let's run off the couple guys that we feel two, like are the fringe guys. I think up to two, maybe even three don't get drafted. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I, can't, I kind of agree I, with I, that. I, I'd be surprised if two, all eight get picked. They don't get drafted? Yeah. Possibly. David, possibly. Yeah, yeah. When possibly. We were, it's all guessing. And they say it's even less yeah. certain than ever this year because of the coronavirus. Obviously threw off the pre-draft process and guys didn't get to meet right. and leak things. And it's just harder to know than ever, I, it feels like. Definitely at risk of not getting drafted, but he's so talented. Yeah, it kind of be similar, not to keep comparing this year's draft to last, but it would be kind of that Gerald Willis thing where it's like, I think it would be a little less surprising. Like we were stunned when Gerald Willis didn't get drafted, but it was the same thing where Gerald had some of the off the field, even though he's clearly the most talented guy from Miami last year, um, the off the field concerns clearly uh, caused him to to drop. Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Although I think I think I told you this before. I think Gerald Willis was more was not. I think I know was more dominant in games, without a doubt, was more dominant. Yes, yeah, in definitely. Yeah, I mean, he was like an All American. Jeff was never. I think he was a I freshman All American. He was import, more important to that team than than Jeff Thomas because Jeff Thomas certainly. didn't play a lot, and he, you know, he, I well maybe he did, but he just didn't produce that much and uh you know with Jeff Thomas it just goes on and on with all the off-field problems and and the um and also the uh I don't know I like I I don't I don't want to knock anybody's intelligence factor but honestly you know I, I I I but then again, Jeff is such a. But the thing is, he only played with that natural talent. That's what he used. Right. He just used his gifts 
And, and I mean, he had bad quarterback play. Like, you you do wonder if he played at, like, Alabama or Clemson or something. Like, would we be talking about him as a guy who, you know, there would still be the question marks because he's a guy that I'm sure did not interview well. Just knowing, you know, all things aside, he's, like, really quiet, kind of keeps to himself. So like, like, I'm sure he did not interview super well. Um, but if, you know, would we be talking about this differently if he – even you know if he was playing in the the Big Twelve, even if like a average Big Twelve team where you where the number one receiver automatically has like eight hundred receiving yards at least, like would we be talking about him totally differently? Just because the production you know was obviously like not entirely his fault. Am I? Yeah, but I also I, I yes, that is true. It's but the same goes for like KJ. Oh no, I know, I know. Like, well, I think was her, but I do think that Jeff Thomas, and this isn't just my opinion, it's what coaches yeah. thought, even though they never came out and told us, but we knew that he was kind of more for himself, mm-hmm. all about him, Yeah. okay, and not a team guy, not if he would get upset if he didn't play a lot or whatever, he just, I don't think teams, teams don't like those kind of players. I'm, I'm not trying because Jeff was always very nice when we talked to him, but I just uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, well. Hey, he could. Here's the thing, David. I think we talked about this too. Like, I mean, he could go in the fifth round, you know, yeah, or yeah, the fourth I, round. I kind of feel that way about everyone. Like to I, me, to me, the guy I feel like is most in jeopardy of not being picked is DJ Dallas, just because he's a running back. Like, no disrespect to DJ, who is. I, probably the offensive MVP of the team last year, but like running backs, you know, they, and he's coming off an injury. Like I know he's, he's fine now, but he's coming off an injury and he's a running back. Like that's one of those positions where it's just like, I'm not surprised with anything that happens at that spot. Yeah. I know he, you know, he's better than Travis Homer, I think. Um, and Travis Homer got drafted. So like that makes you think he could get drafted, but especially in this year where we have no idea how these interviews went, guys, they didn't get to have a pro day. Um, and like I said, he's coming off an injury. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah. I, it absolutely, I, not, not, it could be a, I, the thing about DJ is he's pretty versatile. Yeah, no, I like him know, as a receiver. I mean, he came in as like a receiver. wide receiver pretty much, right? He was a quarterback in high school. Like quarterback like, in yeah. I guess, and, and, and he's a great blocker. I, again, I don't know about the elbow, but um, I I think maybe, I think, I don't know, I think another guy that is at risk is, and maybe I'm crazy about this, because I think he was really talented, was Trajan. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, again, he's small. I, like, a lot of these guys have question marks, even if you think they're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think marks. Trajan's really good, and I love his personality, and I, and He's a good kid. I really like yeah. Trajan. I just, I'm not sure he, yeah, he was measured very thick, you know, but he was, you know, measured kind of small. He was 5'7 and 6'8, uh, you know, and 180 pounds. He was the shortest cornerback at the combine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm basically in the boat where the only guys I feel like confident are going to get drafted are Shaq, Pinckney, and Garvin, right? Like, you know what? I know you're not going to believe this because I 
love Pinkney. I know, I know. You've kind I of been down because of the injury. Again, and uh, again, like I'm, I'm already, saying that, like I think Pinkney is like a sixth round pick. Like who knows after that? Like if, like we said, if there's a, not a run on linebackers early, it screws up the whole board for those guys. But those are kind of the three guys that I like would be somewhat surprised if they didn't get picked. Shaq, Shaq, Pinkney, and Garvin. Okay, I would be surprised, really surprised, like unbelievable. I'd be shocked if Shaq and Garvin do not get yeah, picked. Those are the two that feel like lock, 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 like they're going to get taken. I, I, Tremont Hill is going to get drafted too. Yeah. I do think he's going to get drafted defensive end. I, 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 I would not be shocked, even though I'd be really upset. <laughs> If Mike Pinkney doesn't get drafted, because I think he's, I think he's really good, but it's, it's just such a shame that he had a hip injury yeah. and a sports hernia. And I, I mean, I think he's a real talent. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if he were in a hundred percent health, there's no doubt, no doubt. But I'm, I, this draft is a funny thing. Yeah. So it's the challenge sure of projecting third-day picks, right? It's the, like it's when, yeah. when you when you have a couple guys. You, I mean, when the the first round gets mocked to death, right? Like you you know all the permutations. Even if the mock drafts are wrong, even if Mel Kuyper doesn't get thirty-two picks right, he probably has knows there's a good chance of like there's the top three options for every guy. But it, once you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth round, it's so many permutations of have played out that it's just impossible to know. Yeah, it's crazy. It kind of makes this fun. Like, it's, this is almost more fun to talk about than if, like, we knew Brevin Jordan was going to go 10th, like, next year. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to talk about, but I, 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 the draft makes me so nervous. David, I don't know about you, my stomach, like, churns. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad as, as guys start to drop and all that stuff, like. Every pick, I get so nervous for them. I really yeah. do. I, yep. I, it's, it's this thing where your whole life changes. I've been, I've been through so many drafts now, and yep. in the old days before we had to put everything online immediately, you know, on the computer immediately, where I used to go, you know, and sit with guys. I sat with Dan Morgan at his at his house mm-hmm. with him and his family, and he was picked, I think, 14th overall by Carolina or so, somewhere around there in the first round. I've been to a lot of, yeah. you know, when Will McGay, I, a lot of a lot of draft parties and stuff, and and Edger James when he went fourth overall, big shocker. I just your uh, I, I was there. Mike Grumpf invited me to his party. Um, I think it was in Boynton Beach a day when he was drafted, and you know cornerback, and he went in the first round. And it, uh, God, I, I have a lot of memories from that stuff, and mostly it's when they're picked the shock and the families um, crying grandmothers. Yeah. I remember Mike Rumpf, his grandmother, hysterical. Why? I don't think necessarily because Mike was drafted, but because he was going to San Francisco. It was across so, yeah, so far away. <laughs> yeah, it was too far away. Yeah, uh-huh. his grandma. And, and I just a lot of going through a lot of that, the emotion, yeah. I, I swear to God, I tear up every, I, I get very like yeah. choked up draft day. All right. All right That's, let's, I should have. That was good. I like that, that but, diversion. All right. Let's keep moving though. Um, who's the safest pick from this bunch? Who you just feel is like 
You, you want to know that this guy's going to be useful for you. Who's the safest pick? <laughs> right, I'll, I'll go first on this one. I say Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Shaq Gorman. I think. I think. I don't even know if he's going to pick. I think. I, I don't even know if he's going to get picked, but I think KJ Osborne. Yeah, that's a good, a good one, too. I, I really do. Especially, like, undrafted wide receivers have a place, right? Like, um,. I mean, you think of the Dolphins this last year. Like, Devontae Parker was their best wide receiver. But for a while, Preston Williams was their best wide receiver, who was an undrafted rookie from Colorado State, who went undrafted for similar reasons Jeff Thomas might go undrafted. The off-the-field stuff, um, Preston had more, like, actual legal issues. But, um, you know, the undrafted wide receiver catches on. We were talking before we went on about Alan Hearns went undrafted and was one of the best rookie receivers in the league his year, like, Picking a wide receiver is a decent bet in this, like, safest pick guy because so many wide receivers um, contribute in the NFL, especially I these days. I would never say Jeff Thomas is a safe bet, ever. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I'm, but I'm saying, like, there are more good wide receivers than get drafted. It's, like, the one position probably above all else where I don't know how many wide receivers usually get drafted, like 20-plus, like, but there's probably 40 good receivers in this draft. So, right. you know, some guys just get passed over for whatever reason, like uh, get lost in the shuffle. Um, there are, like I said, there are more good guys and there are spots available, but it also means like there's just a lot of good, like undrafted guys hit. And so I think I like, I like KJ as a pick there too. Yeah, I like KJ a lot. I mean, KJ's smart, super smart. Total, like Shaq, he has really great character. I mean, mm-hmm. impeccable character. Um, tested well. Uh, he did well at the combine. There, yeah. Oh, tested great, great. He was uh, he was much faster than anybody thought. A four point four eight. You know, Jeff Tom in the forty. Jeff Thomas was a four four five. I mean, Osborne, and we all knew Jeff Thomas as fast as anything. Yeah. Osborne tested fast. He did. He did uh, eighteen reps which was sixth most among 33 wide receivers in the, um, in the bench press, right? And he just did, he, he, he did really well. And you, could, you know that he's a super hard worker. Yeah. His body looks great. He really developed his body. He's very, you know, he's... Um, he does not look like a wide receiver. Like, he's, he's thick. Like, he's a, a big guy. Really? He is, but he's really worked hard, yeah. and and, um, and he's so smart, and he's great on special teams. You know, he's again, he's smart, and he, he can do punt returns. You know, he can do whatever kickoff returns. He can oh, you have to be secure yeah. with him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, and 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 David, he he was um. He led UM in receiving. He was hurt by their quarterback situation, just yeah. like all yep. the receivers. Yep. And he also at Buffalo was consistent. Yeah, he I mean, he's a guy who, if he had gone you know? pro, if he had decided to just go pro instead of going to Miami, like, he probably would have been in the NFL last year. Yeah, I don't know if he would have gotten drafted, but he was, like, good enough that, like, he would have gotten a shot. I love that he went, you know, well, he got his degree at Buffalo, and I think he's, he's almost, I think he has one class, or he told me, it's like almost, ready to get his master's and yeah. you know he's going to get it so mm-hmm. 
I um, actually think this transitions yeah. us nicely into our other conversation. Um, I guess that we, we didn't really talk about Shaq, even though he was the first answer we both said, but I think just the, the two down, kind of the, some, a lot of the similar things we were saying about KJ, the, the smarts, the, um, you know, he's just going to be useful in some capacity, even if he's not a star. Um, but then my next question was, who's the biggest sleeper who's not getting talked enough about? Um, I think we might both be in agreement that it's KJ as a guy who we don't, we're not positive is going to get drafted, but we both think he's going to be good. Like we both, we both like him. We, um, you know, he's, yeah. he's just, he was really productive this last year. Um, like you said, hurt by the quarterback situation. You like, I mean, and I love that he was a guy who was not highly recruited coming out of high school. He played at IMG, so like good competition from an early age there. Went to Buffalo, became right. a star there. Went to Miami, became a star there. Like he was just a guy who has pl- like elevated his play to whatever level of competition he has gone to. Um, like yeah. he, he, a lot of guys, you know, you, you know, you can talk about a guy like Shaq and be like, oh, he's got great work ethic, which yes, he does. But he was also a guy who came in as a freshman and was the starting linebacker for Miami. Like there were clearly just natural gifts there that a guy like KJ it doesn't seem like he had considering he had to go to Buffalo first before he, uh, you know, became a, an NFL prospect. Like he is a guy that has the track record of, he went to college unheralded and became one of the best wide, one of the best, I don't know, 50 wide receivers in the country. Like there's a track record there that is tangible in a way that I think most Miami guys just naturally don't have because you're, if you go to Miami, you have a certain level of raw talent coming out of high school that, was already in place. Yeah, like, but it's funny. I and I've read this too. It kind of, in a way, Pinkney Shaq got hurt by them being so consistent, especially Pink, <laughs> Pinkney. You know. Yeah, I mean that's true too. I mean, every year they were really good. Every year they had a ton of tackles, right? Yeah. And um, and good. I mean, Shaq had three hundred and fifty-six tackles over his career. 46-and-a-half tackles for loss, 13 sacks, one pick. He scored a touchdown, five fumble recoveries. I mean, he had a very nice career. And, you know, pretty much he was written about so much from day one. And Pinckney, you know, also, and they did go through their injuries, even Shaq, uh, that they played hurt. Um, And I think people expected, I don't know what they expected them to, I guess, get better and better, like get more and more and more. I don't know. It's like when you start out strong, I think they they were consistent, yeah. you know? Yep. All right. Um, who is most ready to contribute? I don't know if we think any of these guys are day one starters, considering they're all day three picks, but which one of these guys do you, do you think maybe by the end of the year will be reading, you know, seeing a highlight from them every once in a while on, on Twitter? Um, <laughs> I think, I think Shaq, yeah. Garvin, I know I'm supposed to say one, Shaq, Garvin, um, the only reason I don't say Pinkney is he's going to be out for because several months, so. yeah. Shaq, Garvin, um, I mean, what about – here's a guy – we haven't talked about him pretty much at all. I think Shaq is the right answer here. Again, he's like a, a senior. You know, he's old. He's got the right. NFL-type body. I, I think, you know, again, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but I think he can be, like, useful on – particularly on rundowns. Um, 
you know, linebackers rotate in. So, like, that, that's a spot where a guy can come in as a rookie and contribute. You know, the, there's a long track record of guys who are not first-round pick linebackers ending up being really good in the NFL. Um, what do you think of Bandy as a guy who could chip in early? Because, you know, obviously the biggest question, the biggest knock on him is probably his size, right? His height. Like, that's something that obviously, you know, that's not a kink you smooth out. Like, you're not going to – he can't practice getting taller. So, like, if you think he's good enough to be an NFL guy, then it probably means you think he's pretty good. Like, he's closer to his ceiling maybe because just, like, you know, he's really good, but the only question mark is his size. Do you think he is a guy that um, – can be ready to contribute right away? Or do you think the size is going to be, like, too much to overcome too early? Not sure I agree with that one. No? Okay. I, I don't know. I, uh, I think the, yeah, the, the, like, the, the counter-argument is cornerback is really hard. Like, probably the hardest position on the field, other than quarterback. Right. And, hey, by the way, we really haven't – I know I we mentioned Trevon Hill – yeah, we haven't talked uh, about him either. And he's another senior, kind of falls in that, like, Pinkney, Shaq, like, KJ, where it's yeah. just guys who are more mature. I know, I know, we, you know, everybody, well, well, everybody that's close to the program and Virginia Tech knows that he was dismissed from the program. He got into an argument on the sideline with the weight, weight the strength and conditioning yeah. coach, I believe. Um, he was really upset because <laughs> that was the game they lost. It's... September of 2018 to ODU, Old Dominion, uh, that Virginia Tech lost. Um, but he was um, he was a real hard. He has a lot of heart, and he, you know, at Virginia Tech, he had he had a 11 and a half sacks, um, you know, 94 tackles, 20 tackles for loss. I mean, I think he was a definite talent, and I think. Some of the, I think Kuiper and some other analysts thought that he underachieved this past year. But remember, remember he was behind Garvin and Rousseau this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he also could play at like a rush linebacker. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I think he he practiced there. Um, so I I. I He's kind of an interesting one, right, David? I'm not. He can end up being really good or be a bust. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can call anyone who gets picked in the last rounds a bust. Like, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in agreement where he just like. I think it's, you know, he's obviously had his ups and his downs last year, right? Like, it's not great that you're not a no. starter in college, right? Like, that's I, I know obviously he's behind Gregory Rousseau and, and Jonathan Garvin, who is a potential first round pick and a potential second day pick. But like at the same time, like it's not like he blew us away. Right. In the way that I think maybe we thought there was a chance he was going to, but he's good. I I don't mean, and it's a position in demand. I don't think, I mean, yeah, I meant Boston. Just like he's, yeah, just like he's nothing. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. Just again, it's defensive end. It's like an in demand spot, right? Like yeah, a lot of guys cycle through at that position because people that's valuable. If you get if you hit on a guy, that's like the most valuable position you can have, pretty much, on defense. A guy can get to the quarterback. Um but a lot of guys you know, a lot of guys are trying to do that and it's a 
you have to be good there. Like you're you're not wasting a roster spot on a guy who um, can't do that effectively. And yeah, you know, I just think he was a little too up and down. But yeah, certainly he could be like he fall, definitely falls in the sleeper category if you if you really like his uh, potential. And again, because uh, I think he's you know was a senior, he's a little more experienced than some of these other guys. Um, Sure, he could chip in, but I think defensive ends, unless you're like a superstar, that, that's a spot that takes some time to develop. Um, yep. So, yep. all right, uh, last one before we wrap up here. Who has the best NFL career? The big question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, 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 do I say Shaq again? I know, I kind of think Shaq. Again, like, we, we've talked about this. I feel like we keep kind of comparing him and Garvin. Garvin's the upside guy. Shaq's the safe guy, right? Like, that's kind of the difference I feel with them. Like, Garvin, in a certain percentage of uh, simulations, of scenarios, he is the clear top guy because he becomes, um, you know, a starting defensive end in the NFL but in some other permutations, he's just a rotational guy, and and Shaq is just the guy who I feel like in most scenarios is going to be at least useful, right? Like, even if he's never a star, could he be a starting middle linebacker? Sure. You know, he was first team All yeah. Conference. He was four, had four very good years. Um, you know, he's a guy that obviously coaches love. Like, it's not just the media that like fawns over this guy. Coaches across the country love him. Um, so like. Yeah, our coaches in the NFL are going to love him too. It's possible. I, yeah, don't, I, I guess. I have yeah, a hard time imagining so. you're not going to like him, right? I, I, listen, I also, I do think, perhaps more than you, I, I do think DJ Dallas has a lot of positives. Yeah, man, I, I, I love think, DJ. I'm just, I think I'm always really worried about running backs. And how he churned out yards. I mean, the guy averaged six yards a carry. And he was pretty consistent. I think the year before, maybe 5.8 yards per carry, something like that, off yeah. the top of my head. Oh, no, but he's I mean, really good. I think he's, he's better than Travis Homer um, was. And I thought Travis was pretty good, though. But I, so and I also thought he has good – I also think he has really good hands. Although I know for a little bit when he was younger, he had a fumbling – he fumbled a few times. But he's a smart – DJ's a smart kid, and he's kind of evolved. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. I like I like his personality. I like how he's positive. I like how he's a fighter. He always tries to keep a positive attitude. Um, and I think he's I think he's good and he's smart. Yeah, I'm just so, so wary about running backs. But again, he could also be a guy who like maybe does you know it's kind of like a nothing for two or three years, and then is the like and then is a starting running back like four years from now, like. It happens. And then he has one great year, and then he's gone. Like running back is just such a weird position that if you're not one of like the top handful of guys, it, it's really hard to like kind of project what you're going to be. But I mean, I, I'm in agreement with you that I like really like DJ. I think he is. Um, I love that he's always a good wide receiver. He's a guy who is, you know, he came in I think as like an athlete specifically. Like he's a guy who can do a lot of different things. He's a good blocker. Um, you know his his. Peaks last year were really high. Like, he had some of the most impressive touchdown runs you'll see anywhere across the country last year. Um, and he's another guy who, like a lot of guys in this offense, was just hurt by the offense, right? Was The wide receivers were hurt by the quarterback play. The off- DJ and Ken oh. Harris were yeah. definitely hurt by the offensive line. So it, 
It makes it hard to evaluate. Yeah. So it makes it hard to evaluate him, but um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly, you know, if he's a starting running back, that wouldn't surprise me either. But again, it's just like, if you're a starting running back, you could also be out of the league in a year or two. Like, it's just such a, a weird position. And it's why, even if, uh, why I was like, yeah, DJ's going to go pro. Like, everyone was like, oh, maybe DJ will come back for a senior year. But you got to go pro as a running back whenever you can, because you got to, like, you run out of miles eventually. And you got to get that Your clock body. started. Yeah. You just get something. Yeah. Agree. All right. Um, I think we can kind of wrap it up there. Um, yep. You can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Um, she's got all like the pre-draft coverage. Talk to who'd you talk to? KJ, Shaq, Pinkney, DJ. Is that it? AJ, Pinkney, DJ. Yeah, I talked to all four of those uh, guys. So she's for got a, long a story. Time. She's got a long story about them and just all kind of setting the stage for the draft this week. Uh, you yep. can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I'm also. We're all kind of on draft duty this week. It's really all that's going on. So. Except for the one-year anniversary of the spring game. Oh, yeah. Susan also wrote that today, so you can check that out. Um, a year since the spring game and how much things have changed. Um, but other than that, uh, as always, thanks for listening, you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll have a lot, we'll have a lot to talk about it with that draft, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll milk this as long as we can these days. <laughs>